Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are a mere three days away from Christmas, and we are double-checking our list, seeing who's stunning, and see who is not so nice. But luckily for me, I have Santa Claus himself, Jolly O, David the Smart Mart, with me. David, how you doing? Ho, 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 stunning Sean. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. It, it just seems... A short period of time since I've seen you for Radio Free Professional Wrestling, Wide World of Sports, etc. Um, and you're looking just as good as you did when we did that show. You know, miracle of time travel sometimes. Miracle of time travel. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it is that special time of the year where miracles happen, don't it? Well, David, I want to do the show just a little bit different than what we normally do with Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Normally, I would do a study six questions for news of the week this is our year-end review show we are going to have a slight bit of news with me and bob kapoor from slamwrestling.net here in about 15 or 20 minutes as we talk about the release of many rose from wwe david what are your thoughts about the release of many rose i think it's i think it's a matter i was gobsmacked it's not often on gobsmacked at wwe sacking but this one i was like really um, and then obviously you find out the reasons, or you think you find out the reasons. Obviously, dirt sheet stuff. But yeah, I, I, I think she's been poorly treated. I do not think, under the circumstances, she will struggle to find another company. David, I don't feel like she's going to have any trouble finding work in 2023. If I was a certain Tony, I would be sitting there looking at the clock, just counting down the days, and go like, I'm going to have her on the first possible AEW Dynamite I can get. And Manny, here's a here's a mic. Go there to say whatever you want to say. Do you know what? Yeah, that's actually more than anything. That last point is the best one. Yeah, because Tony's got the mo. We're expecting um, Sasha Banks or whatever her other ring name is going to be any any time soon on AEW television. I think it's going to be pretty much the AEW ladies division is pretty much going to be soon a former WWE ladies division. Well, I feel like Manny Rose and AEW could actually help this division because it'll give them another solid performer, especially on the Hill side. I mean, Soraya is still working back into ring shape since she's only had one match in the last five years because of her injury. So hopefully she'll get back in ring shape and have a good 2023. I can't wait to see what is in store for Soraya. But having Manny Rose coming off of that run she had in NXT and being able to go straight over in 30 to 60 days to AEW or Impact, sign me up because I feel like she's going to kick some ass in 2023. I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say I'll be intrigued. I'd certainly start out invested in see what whoever do, does with her because, as you say, the point, I'd like to see her a first promo to see if she does get to the bare bones because she's got every right pissed off with the WWE. Exactly. Her release came literally 12 to 24 hours after we found out the Wall Street New Journal that, oh, hey, by the way, more Bits Man controversy is on our way. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. They've not done much of this lately, the WWE. The, the, the decision making seems to be have been founded and the programming improved. We've talked about this at length, but this is quite dumbfounding. Obviously, obviously some of her outside extracurricular work has upset someone within the company or within the network you don't know um but it's happened and she's gone exactly we wish many rose the best in 2023 and stay tuned to me and bob discussing this more in detail 
on our Center Stage interview segment coming up later on in the show. Right now, David, let's slide over to our Sunny Six Questions, our year-end edition. It's time for the Stunning Six Questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. And David, my first stunning question to you, was CM Punk worth all the money and trouble going to AEW for about 18 months? For AEW, yes, without a shadow of a doubt. It'd be worth it if he... I don't think he'll go anywhere now. Um, I Oh, we, we battered this to death almost like a fish. It's, yeah, it was because for the first part of this year, AEW was must-watch TV because you had some bona fide superstars on that show. And the way that they do AEW television, it made for must-watch TV. It really, really did. The Punk MJF feud is one of the best of the year. You know, you can't argue with it. The promos, the promo wars, although obviously, you know, it picked up, you know, it brought the best out of Ricky Starks recently. But yeah, I, I think he was worth every penny. And it's just unfortunately, you know, the, the reasons he's not there, we've gone over, we've made our opinions. Certainly both myself and Jake uh, feel strongly, you know, about the way Punk's been treated. And I still do. David, I feel like it was a great investment for AEW to bring CM Punk into the company. And for that first nine months or so to almost 12 months, it was working just fine. And we were having all these really cool CM Punk moments as he was basically doing a tour around the country. And it was some of the best CM Punk we've seen in a while. And he was looked like he was happy to be there. And we get to All Out and everything just fell apart. Well, obviously, it started with that hangman going off script promo. Um, he's very, um, Phil Brooks is very sensitive about about the scenario with uh, Colt Cabana, obviously. So it just spiraled really from there. And almost in is backstage. You know, the books are two, two kids in men's bodies. You know, they've got their little click of, it's almost like the old click of the WWE, of the, the actual original click. You know, God forbid anyone who remotely crosses them. They've got the bosses here in the way people like Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash had Vince's ear. They've got Tony's ear. And once Punk went, I mean, Punk, I mean, whilst that that press conference is, is going to go down as legendary, Punk doesn't give a crap what he says. If he's got something to say, he'll say it. And maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. Because um, if he hadn't have done, we'd have probably still been watching him, um, which is a shame for people like me and you. But Punk's Punk, he'll say what he thinks, he'll say, tell you how it is, and obviously it's gone on to be what it is. Do I think he's going to wrestle again? I really, really can't see it. I really, really can't see it. I think this will have finished him off for good. Damn, I think you're right. I feel like Punk is going to settle with AEW. And you know what? He's at a certain age where he doesn't really need to be in the ring at all. He could do his announcing for MMA and do other projects that will keep him happy. But I doubt we'll ever see him back in a national company doing professional wrestling. 
Well, at the moment, he's being paid a fortune by AEW to sit at home and do other things. He's never going to be short of work. He's always going to have offers on the table. It's a no-brainer. And he's injured, obviously, at the moment. Anyway, genuinely, from the all-out match. So, it's a no-brainer. I, I don't blame him. I really, really don't blame him. I'm a huge Phil Brooks advocate and always will be. Well, David, our second sending question as we look back on the year of wrestling in 2022... What are your thoughts about 11 months after Cody Rhodes debuted? Well, take it back. He left AEW about 11 months ago, and he debuted at WrestleMania. So what have you felt about Cody Rhodes' return to the WWE? Well, it's been a bit of a damp squib, quite simply because of injury. He he was well-received, which was great to see. It's almost like his stock had raised from his first time round run in WWE because people had seen the AEW thing. They'd seen him being presented in AEW as a big star. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's, he's coming back. He's, he means business. And he was received as a big star. Fair play to him for that. I think he's very, he's a very clever in, individual. But unfortunately, it's rather been a damp squib purely and simply because of injury, because of the quality of the matches. I think the Seth Rollins feud went on a little bit too long. They could have curtailed that. But if the rumour is correct, and he's coming back for one of the nights, probably night one, to battle Roman, that would be a great comeback. Great, great comeback for him. David, when I see this return of Cody to the WWE, it kind of reminds me of LeBron James going to Miami Heat for a while, like a couple of seasons. Then he goes back to Cleveland. I feel like Cody coming back to the WWE is kind of like LeBron going back to Cleveland. Now we see a much older and more polished Cody Rhodes. And I feel like the WWE sees value in him where they didn't see it when he was there the first time. And I feel like 2023, if he can stay healthy, we can see WWE Universal Champion Cody Rhodes. I'd agree with that because he's a legitimate individual that could carry the carry the belt. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Okay, David, let's go with another return as we going to talk about now. We have seen one match that Soraya's returned to wrestling. She's been with AEW for about four months now. How do you feel about Soraya coming back to professional wrestling after five years? I was really, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. You know my association with them, obviously WAW, which is her father's company. The night story is... You know, it's been told and been told and been told and been told. I'm really looking forward to it. And it has turned out to be an utter disaster. There's no other word for it. If you don't agree with that, then you don't know much about the woman and what she was capable of. You know, her promos have been really poor, almost self-admitting mistakes in them, which is fine once, but at the time she had Regal to turn to when he was at the company when she came back. You know, if I'd have been her, I'd have been working every day with that man. And her in-ring, for obvious reasons with regards to the neck and stuff, has been hugely, hugely disappointing. She's very rusty, and she needs to maybe take a sabbatical and come back strong. David, I was so excited to see her back in the company, and you know how much I love Paige. And I was like, yep. so excited for this match between her and Britt Breaker. I thought it was going to be probably on my list of matches of the year. And we get to that match, and the first spot took me out of the match as they hit that DDT on the apron there. I'm going like, you know she had a neck injury. Why are we starting with this spot? But I'm hoping 2023 turns around. I feel like AEW made a mistake in how they presented her the first time around. I feel like, yeah, you could debut her at Arthur Ashe and let her cut a heartfelt welcome back promo. Then we don't have to see her for a few weeks. And eventually we get to a match 
But in the meantime, in between times, she could have had a lot of dart matches somewhere just getting back in ring shape. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I mean, don't get me wrong with what I've just said. I, I really want her to succeed. Really, really want her to succeed. Okay, David, we've been talking about returns. There's a return that is coming up. Now, we won't see Re Lord Steven Regal in WWE on TV for about a year, but he's heading back to the company. Well, how do you describe his time in AEW? Missed opportunity. Simple as that. Missed opportunity for AEW now. Regal's very clever in the way he will speak about his time. He won't be negative because that's the nature of the beast. But if it's being rumoured and that people don't want to take Regal's advice on wrestling, on presentation, on promos, excuse the phrase, on facials, on reactions, um, on selling, all the cliches, all the carny words, whatever you want to call it, then they're absolutely mindless. Um, the guy has shown in patches that he's still got it as as a character, a bit on screen. Off screen, he had much with ability, ranging from the world of sports style. Bearing in mind, he, never, he always has said, I was never athletic, I just made the best of my body. And he's one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen, technically. They've missed the boat hugely with him but i shall always always remember his interaction his opening lines which are, are pure if you're in british you'll know what i mean pure carry on films his opening lines with excalibur every single episode of dynamite that he joined the commentary team the promo short promo battle with mjf was brilliant but they've missed the boat with him sean badly david i was on the show a couple of times just talking about how i was looking forward to seeing MJF and Regal work like Nip Barwickle and Bobby Durang Heaton, and I got myself so excited for it. Then he leaves the company, and he's going back to the WWE. Now, granted, it's a coup for the WWE to get him back, and it was smart of Regal to have this opt-out option he had. And the fact that Charlie Dempsey, his son, is in NXT right now, I can see him want to yeah. go back and go back to a place where, oh, hey, these people are going to soak up all that knowledge because they're going to listen to the freaking guy. And boy, does the apple not fall far from the tree, Sean. Charlie Dempsey is a machine. I hope someone, maybe Regal being back there, might help it, gives him a push because that lad is fantastic. Fantastic. All right, he looks like his dad with curly hair, and he wrestles like his dad. Boy, does he wrestle like his dad. But he is absolutely fantastic. So I'm glad for Regal that he's got to do that, because he deserves to. Exactly. We're looking at Regal in the last couple of years of his time in professional wrestling, so I'd rather see him with Charlie Dempsey, his son, in NXT. Even though AEW is going to learn to regret this, they had an opportunity to learn from a master of the craft, but we don't want to listen to him because we know what we're doing because we've been on the scene for a while. Yeah, yeah. Every day's a school day, mate. Every day's a school day. Okay, so let's talk about this. One of my biggest disappointments in 2022, and it may come out on our Western Awards, is how the NWA has come crumbling down around Billy Corrigan as Nick Aldis is no longer with the NWA. David, I started 2022 and joined the NWA. There's an NWA show coming back to Knoxville January 30th. It's going to be the first live NWA power ever. And I'm thinking about not going. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you know and you've listened to this podcast um, for a long while, you know that Sean particularly is a huge, has been a huge advocate of the NWA, whereas I'm 
just a tra- wrestling traditionist, so the NWA means the world to me from 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, for you to say that, Sean, that's, that's bad, particularly as it's only just spitting distance from where you live. Yeah, Billy Corgan seems to have lost the plot badly. I've got no issue like some people have with Trevor Murdoch being the world champion. I, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. But to lose Nick Aldis is a major, major mistake and you know I, I don't know why you know we don't know whether it's money Nick Nick has, has hinted at the way he's been treated the way it's been booked the way it's been dealt with I really wouldn't like to hazard a guess but just watching him say on that one PW show and recently now getting indie bookings he looks a lot happier yeah I feel like Nick Oz is going to have a 2023 where you won't see him with a certain company he's going to go tour the world and just make some cash as he wrestles wherever he wants to. And I feel like the NWA is going to live along here for a while. And I don't know exactly what the future of the NWA is going to be in 2023. Okay, I'm going to be one of the people. I have not that much trouble with Tyrus being a heel champion in the NWA. That's fine. But the fact that you're not willing to keep Nick Aldis in the company. And try to keep him near the top of the company. Is insane to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's something gone wrong there, which we obviously are not privy to. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd almost liken it um, on a lower end to when Drew McIntyre first got fired, or Drew Galloway, whatever you want, um, first got fired by the WWE, and everyone was gobsmacked that he'd been let go. And he turned around and he said, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a positive and go out and be happy and be the best wrestler on the Indies. And he immediately turned back up in ICW, but started wrestling all over the world in in Indies. He, you know, he had a little spell with TNA, and and he did. He 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 he, he did it. And and I can see Aldis doing exactly the same because Aldis is quality. He carries himself. He looks the part. He dresses the part. He can talk, particularly for an Englishman over in North America as well, because it's a perennial issue. Um, he carry, you know, he's just the the whole package. And someone, if they're not, unless they're stupid, he'd be a hell of a pickup for AEW. What a pickup for AEW would would he be? David, I say that would be a good choice, and I feel like like I was talking to Bobby, who found out later on in the show here, AEW is so stacked with talent. He might be hot for a while, then that's when you know he might be on dark elevation, and you go like, "Where's Nick Aldis?" Well, let's face it, AEW. Well, you could do with some star power, and you could put Aldis right up there, particularly if Moxley's going. And, and I'm not a fan of Moxley, but I'm being realistic here. Moxley is going particularly stale, and his style is getting boring. Obviously, they're going to now move Danielson on to MJF. He's the other big star. And Jericho, for some reason, has decided to book himself um, in a losing streak to a jobber who he fell in love with three months ago at an indie show. So God knows where that's going to go. Um, but yeah, adding Nick Aldis to the upper echelon of AEW is only a good thing. Okay, David, sixth and final stunning question of the year. It's not a look behind, it's a look ahead. What is your boldest prediction in professional wrestling in 2023? Wow, you've sprung that on me. I tell you what, I'll give you heart and head. Hart says that Will Ospreay finally gets his dues as the best professional pound-for-pound wrestler in the world. I I really want to see that. I want to see him with the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship. I want to see him come over back into North America again and actually prove that he is 
what people like myself and you, yourself know he really is. That's my heart. My head, I want to see a better NXT, which is the chance of it now. I want to see NXT become the NXT it was when it started, where it was must-see television rather than no that's the show i can avoid although i'm a you know although i'm a wrestling broadcaster although i'm a historian nxt is the one i can miss out this week which is what it's become but my biggest prediction um is spike trevay will go on to become hopefully the star that he should be okay let's look at this so first of all i agree with you i feel like nxt with a rival origo back and being behind the scenes, I feel like that's where Triple H is going to have them. I got a good feeling about NXT in 2023. And yes, I want to see Spike Turvey just have the biggest heel run in Progress Wrestling this coming up year. Because his 2022 has been nothing short of been awesome. And he may, may, may show up on the Winston Award somewhere. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, I think there's a good chance he's, he's turning up on mine. Okay, David, so my big prediction for 2023 is we are going to see the launch of WWE NXT Europe, and it's going to be a touring brand going all over Europe, and just maybe, just maybe, a friend of the show will be on that show. So I'm hoping we get a rival of NXT Europe. Maybe it's based in Germany. Yeah, let's hope she does get picked up, but in the same way, I would hope that Spike will get... Uh, picked up and then maybe maybe she could get abused by spike on the show no david no no i meant verbally uh, that, could, that could be interesting but i feel like i want to see a rebirth at nc uk because i miss it we've been without it for yeah. about four months now and i miss this company it was a good company they had some bad luck with the coronavirus having when it was they were about to go to dublin to do their first outside england takeover and it just fell apart because they could not generate cash and it became yeah. a cash issue and that's why they got rid of nst uk well i mean basically they'd sucked it dry the the, the big conglomerate had sucked it, sucked it dry and it was left over with a few i mean i i've been chuffed to bits even though he's let himself go a little bit to see trent seven on rampage the last two weeks he's actually put made me watch rampage just to see me old mate trent seven on there and i'm so glad he's been picked up I, I, you know because he'll be getting good money off tony and he deserves it i just hope he manages to take tyler with him because the wwe don't deserve you know the way they keep jordan devlin at the moment or jd mcdonald or whatever his bloody stupid name is you know jordan devlin's being held i know he's in main event matches as such on NXT, but he should he should be better than that. He's just better than that, and and they should be given the chance. Okay, here's another vote prediction for you. Jordan Devlin's going to be on the WWE main roster in 2023, and he's going to have a match with Finn Balor, and it's going to be one of the matches of the year. Oh, I mean, it would be. They've done it in o, They did it in OTT, and it was brilliant. I don't know. It's you know, I, I don't know whether um, Jordan's big enough. He's good enough. I mean, Christ alive, he's good enough. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, Regal turning up. They might get some. They might get a voice of reason, and also shift Booker T off commentary because I think he's awful on commentary. You know, I have a fondness for Booker T because he was a big part of my childhood. But the last couple of months of him and NC on commentary, I wish I had um Wade Barrett back. Wade, I know you're over SmackDown. Do you want a double paycheck? Can you come back, please? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you, yeah, as a performer, in every respect, he deserves it. He was brilliant. He's brilliant in the ring. But you look at the pre-shows and and the commentary. He's just he's not he's not right. There's something you know. He's a sandwich short of a picnic. He really, really is. Exactly. I mean, he has his moments now. If Rosas Perez is in the ring, he's on fire. He is locked and loaded because it's one of the people he helped train. But outside that, if it's like a new day, I feel like he wants to go find Stevie Ray. Go like, hey, Stevie, let's go teach these kids how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, also another name we haven't mentioned on NXT that I think has been poorly tra- Although they got they got gold, it was pretty deadly. Me and you were big advocates of pretty deadly. I hope and I pray they get a break. Because they're brilliant. I hope that Regal coming back to NXT is going to be a good thing for Pretty Deadly. Because I feel like they brought them over and they had a good start. Then they just kind of got into a bad character drift there for a second. Where I feel like the people behind the scenes went, let's make Pretty Deadly just a little bit more one way. And it's not really how we saw them in NXT UK. Because in it, it was applied in NXT UK. It was hit over your head in NXT. They were, I mean, yeah, in progress, NXT UK, they were absolutely fantastic. Um, a real great tag team. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they've had a shot at gold on TV, but I used to get very, very upset with the um, social media slugging of them by ignorant people who didn't know them, didn't know who they were and their background. And yet they call themselves wrestling fans. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what we're talking about and you think um, me and the big Knoxville fella have gone mad, Check out um, YouTube, Pretty Deadly from NXT UK and Pretty Deadly from Progress Wrestling UK. You'll see what we mean. They're a great tag team. And here's another bold prediction for you, David. I feel like Pretty Deadly is going to make either Raw or SmackDown coming up in 2023. And maybe by December 2023, they're going to be WWE champions. I'd I'd like that to be the case. Okay, David, that has been our look back at 2022 and the world of professional wrestling through our study six questions david hold tight as i introduce bob from slumwrestling.net as we hit yes. the safe interview <laughs> and david this is gonna be a pretty freaking amazing interview and i'll give you a hint david me and bob agree you know how i mess with bob wow. a lot of times on manny rose but in this interview you're gonna find out that me and bob are on the same page so enjoy this, and we'll be back on Radio Free Professional Wrestling for the next segment in this about 15 minutes. Radio Free Pro Wrestling proudly presents Center Stage. Help David and Sean welcome this week's guest to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am very fortunate to have Bob Kapoor from Slam Wrestling on the line with us now as we're going to look at the crazy week of NXT Wrestling. And the fact that Manny Rose was released less than 24 hours after losing the title to Roxanne Perez this past week. Bob, first of all, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing doing quite well. Uh, trying to ramp up for the holiday season, which is, you know, uh, as much as it slows down, it also there's a lot of stuff to do. Exactly, Bob. I thought this was going to be a nice, quiet week. I can just go do my Christmas shopping and stuff. Then all of a sudden, all this blew up in our face and we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was a, quite a shock. Uh, you know, I saw the 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 match where... She lost the title on Tuesday, and then by Wednesday, the reports are out that she'd been released. So it was a, a sudden shock to everyone, I think. Okay, so to give our fans a all the knowledge they need, apparently this came from a leak of some private videos that she put up on her FanTime site, a site that you have to subscribe to. Apparently, one of the subscribers decided to post this somewhere else. Apparently, the WWE knew about this content, and they have talked to her about it. 
and apparently it got to a point where she believed she could have gotten in trouble for what she was posting. So is this this crazy state where is Mandy Rose really an independent contractor able to do whatever she wants to do outside of WWE or can the WWE actually fire for a cause here? Well, I think that, uh, you know, that's a, the independent contractor issue is a, it's a much broader issue. My guess is, and I, I've not seen the contracts. My guess is that like any actor or any, you know, someone who's just a star on a TV show or a movie has a morality clause built in. Uh, they might've let it go. And they might have actually been aware of it and just sort of said, well, it's under the radar. It's a paywall site, so we're not going to really enforce anything. Someone might have forced their hand if the uh, rumors that uh, there was a potential leak happening uh, are true, then they might have said, well, we can't ignore this now because it's going to go public. So that's you know one speculation. The other speculation is um, she just decided to push the envelope a little further. Now, I don't know if you've seen the the videos in question, you know, and I, and I have, for the sake of research, someone uh, actually sent me the videos. They, you know, she's in a pool. She's uh, topless in the pool and her breasts are underwater, but she's, she's topless. So they're, they're not, you know, it's not explicit. Like she's, you know, flashing her breasts in front of the camera very uh, obviously, but you can see, you know, you can see her, her bare breasts. And I think that that, probably goes a little bit beyond what WWE is looking for in their and the superstars right in terms of uh, public image and in terms of you know just being associated with someone who's under the WWE or NXT brand and especially since this is their NXT women's champion a person who they have invested in 400 days as champion and have been probably on TV for the last year and a half yeah and even i mean even longer than that if you count the WWE stuff right she was She's been a mainstay in the company since about 2017, so five years uh, that she was, you know, uh, started with uh, Absolution when she started with uh, teaming up with uh, Paige and uh, Sonya Deville. So she's been a mainstay on TV for the past five years. Uh, it's only been the, the last couple of years that she's been in NXT. Yeah, and the last couple of years has been probably her best run, and she's literally probably the hottest free agent now since this has happened coming into 2023. I'd say so. I'd say every company right now should be you know, trying to get her number or reach out to her to, you know, to sign up, right? Whether it be AEW, Impact, NWA could, you know, probably I think Billy Corgan should be reaching out. She's, and, you know, in terms of the hottest free agent, I think you and I were joking. Well, it's either her or CM Punk, but certainly in terms of someone who's been in, in the female division, yeah, she's absolutely the hottest free agent. I mean, she would be a welcome addition to either Impact or AEW. I feel like she could fit in in either place. Now, I know you were talking about Impact might be the better fit for her style. Sorry, yeah, no, I think so. I mean, she's got a style. And there's the other benefit of Impact for her is that there's departures, right? Chelsea Green just left. Mickey James, presumably after the pay-per-view in January, will be out. Of an, as an on-screen uh, wrestler. There's rumors of Deanna Perazzo leaving. So I think there's a big void that she could easily fill. I think her style is better um, represented in Impact because it seems more of a WWE style, and which which is, frankly, all that she knows, right? Because she came up through their developmental system. I think AEW, there's a couple of things. One, I think the female roster is is too big that she just might get lost in the shuffle. Two, I don't know that her style would resonate well with that audience because she is more of the, you hate to say the sports entertainer versus wrestler, but her in-ring style is not as strong, I think, as some of the others. And she might just get, I'm not going to say not appreciated by the by the AEW fans, but I don't know that her style would, would be as a seamless a transition for her. 
Exactly, and I can see those AEW fans just going into their business for themselves and chanting some things that Tony would have a basically beef off the air. Well, he doesn't believe anything else off the air. I don't know what they believe about her. <laughs> but another thing we got to think about, she's 32 years old, which I didn't know until I started researching stuff for the story. She's 32. So I got a feeling that she's been doing this site and gaining money off of the site. And there's reports that she's making more money off her fan times than her absolute WWE contract. So for her, it possibly could be more lucrative to not even wrestle. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, my understanding is she has other business interests, like non-wrestling business interests, which is you know smart. I think uh, you know she's probably done some good savings from that. I'm, I'm hoping she has. And you know, to me, you, she could monetize this whole situation for even a year and just do conventions and signings. She could try to go for endorsement deals. She try to get some you know modeling and acting gigs. She right now the world could be her oyster. And yes, do you want to necessarily wrestle? Uh, I don't know if she has an end date in mind or when she wants to give it up. But if she's doing well in other ventures, including the, the you know the pay site, then maybe she doesn't want to go back to wrestle. And exactly. And the question would be is is the door totally closed for for her in the WWE? Because you know, never say never. She could always eventually end back up there. Yeah, and one would hope that cooler heads will prevail that it might just go away and blow over and then she could you know eventually make a return i don't know that's again we don't have access to the contracts don't know how big the deal this really was and how high up at wwe if it was a spur of the moment decision saying hey we've got to deal with this before it becomes you know blows up or she might do like uh, some others have and say hey i'll I'll turn, you know, I'll turn down my social media presence and I'll be a, you know, full-time WWE person and that's it. Again, I think she's got uh, some options there and she might have to weigh the costs and benefits for herself personally. Now, I know that you are a super big Benny Rose fan and we kind of joking on Facebook sometimes about how big of a fan you are. How surprised were you for her dropping the title this past week? Uh, well, it came out of nowhere and it was a shock. I, you know, often in wrestling or most of the times in wrestling, you hope to see a an evolved storyline, right? Or a storyline evolve into the culmination of a title match. And here I think they didn't do it, right? It just came a match I'm not saying entirely out of the blue because, you know, Roxanne had had earned some title shots. But, you know, with two pay-per-views coming up or two you know, premium live events in New Year's Evil and Vengeance Day, I thought you could have actually told that story over those couple months, right? Have to, in January, New Year's Evil have uh, toxic attraction interfere and screw Roxanne. And then a decision's made, well, we have to have the next a rematch in a versus there's a stipulation that keeps toxic attraction out of the out of the picture either a cage match or you know some some sort of stipulation that they're banned from the building and then you can actually have a match where it leads to uh you know an exciting conclusion where and a happy ending where Roxanne wins the title so for them to do it the way they did obviously they had to come up with a last minute plan and that's what they chose but it was it was a shocking and you know, I saw the match and it was like, what happened? So either, you know, your your thoughts, immediate thoughts are someone's injured and they're taking them off TV and that's the way they're doing it. Or, you know, in, in this case, it happened to be released for another reason. Well, my reaction was I was thinking, oh, they're going to send her up to the main roster in the new year. So they're getting the title of her now. And that's why I was thinking leaving Tuesday night until I woke up Wednesday morning going, what the hell? And like, <laughs> then it makes sense to me, okay? I was like, okay, that's why they did this title change. But for that six-hour period there, 
on Tuesday night, I'm thinking she's going to Raw or she's going to SmackDown and they get some plans for, for Mania. Yeah, see, I would have thought if they were going to do that, then they would have her drop the title. And I'm not sure the dates, if New Year's Evil is before Royal Rumble or not, but... You know, I would have thought if she was going to drop it, you know, New Year's Evil, then she would make a surprise appearance at the Rumble. And that's the way they would bring her back into the main roster fold. Yeah, that would have probably been the way I would have thought of it, too, because she would literally be a top-level heel on Raw or SmackDown. And if you think about it, she would probably be on SmackDown because I can't think of another top-level heel on SmackDown except for Ronda Rasley. So that would have been a possibility there. But, you know, now we'll just have to wait to see what 2023 has in store for Mandy Rose. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned about, oh, I'm such a big fan. I really started appreciating her only in NXT, right? Before, when she was on the WWE main roster, you know, at first I just thought she was the eye candy for absolution. And, you know, even the fire and desire things with uh, Sonya Deville and the Otis storyline, I thought were a bit silly. And I never really appreciated um, her much at all. But when, she st- when they gave her some grounding and gave her an opportunity to shine, with toxic attraction in NXT and I think her in ring. I don't know if it was always good or if it was just hidden because she only had, you know, a uh, limited time, but I got really impressed with her in ring stuff. And I think she had the, you know, the heel persona was great. The faction was great. And her in ring performances were really strong that it really opened my eyes to how good she is as a performer, all around performer. So yeah, I, I think it's a, a big loss for NXT and I think a, a big loss for WWE and, in a broader perspective. I think you're right, Bob. I feel like the WWE is going to wake up in a couple of months and go like, you know, we might have went just a little bit too far there, a little too fast with letting many roads go. And I don't know if they can backtrack and try to establish that bridge. Uh, it's, it, it's a puzzling decision, right? Given some of the things that other people have done, right? You've got the Usos who are tag team champions, and one of them has been arrested with DUI charges repeatedly. Uh, you've got Riddle, who's had <clears throat> his share of scandal. You know, they've took him off TV now for apparently for rehab, but before that, he was still on TV and being pushed. So it seems to me like a, they've taken a very or disproportionate reaction on Mandy Rose. Again, for 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 what it was on the on the videos, it, it's hard to say that that was so lewd content that WWE couldn't have kept overlooking it, or that anyone would have made a big stink about it. Exactly, Bob. My other question for you is this. That news came out 24 hours after we found out a new Wall Street Journal report about Vince McMahon. So I have a feeling maybe they had this release on Tuesday, try to change the narrative and have another story going so that Vince's story could die just a little bit. I suppose it's possible. I, I would, you know, if they're trying to say that they're cleaned up as a company and that they don't want any, you know, any hint of a sexual scandal, then that's that might have been the wrong way to do it because now it's just, you know, I think now you're spotlighting, hey, you got rid of this person for showing for showing her nipples, but you're bringing back or potentially, you know, the the former CEO is coming back who you paid money to multiple ladies for sex scandals. So I don't know that it's necessarily accomplished that, you know, that if that was their, their objective. I was like looking at her being released and I'm going like, this is a hypocrisy at the highest levels here because you're thinking about bringing Vince back and this happens? Like, what the hell is going on with this company? Well, m- well, my guess is they're not thinking about bringing Vince back, but Vince, as the majority shareholder, is flexing that he wants to come back. And unfortunately, the, the structure of the shares and the voting control is that, in theory, he could come back at any time he wants. The only thing that's going to prevent it, I think, is if the SEC 
say, hey, you're not allowed to be a director or an officer of a public company because of you know the the fraud that was perpetrated. And if him sending out that could be a big flare for the regulators to come in and say, no, 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 you're not coming back. And if they were smart, I think that's what they would do because they've done it in other companies where you've seen that sort of you know manipulation of financial statements and they've told the responsible party, you're not allowed to go back to a public company. And as a shareholder, you know, as shareholders, I would say that's probably what you want to see is that sort of <clears throat> governance over the company, over someone who, you know, caused problems in that manner. Exactly, Bob. Now, I do own stocks in the WWE, so I'll just put it out there. I own like probably 14 stars or something, not anything major, but I'm with you. I don't want to see Vince back in control of this company because he can't explain the image. The image and Vince, it's gone too far. We know too much now. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I own a share, just full disclosure um, for anyone, because I do write for Slam. Uh, but I have one because I like to attend the quarterly and the annual investor calls. Uh, but I think it would be a bad signal to send to shareholders. They, they've proven that they can go on without him, that they can continue. You know, they had a succession plan, whether it was thrown together just because of that, or whether it was always sort of in the works. I don't know that they need him anymore. Again, he might be, as some people have suggested, still controlling the puppet strings in the background and no one knows about it, but I don't think on paper you want him to be, you know, on the company's uh, roster anymore, their shareholder roster, or sorry, director roster. I feel like if it gets found out that he still somehow has control of this company, it's kind of like Vince Russo working with Impact Wrestling back <laughs> in the early 2013, 2014, when um, Spike TV literally told DC Carter, please not have this guy employed, and somehow some stupid way they found out that Oh, hey, this is still working for this company. Um, your TV deal, that's now in the void. Yeah, there's no upside to having events involved in your product. <laughs> well, Bob, before we let you go, where can we find you? And I know you write for Slam Wrestling. That's where you should go for all your wrestling news. So uh, hit us up for your socials. Yeah, uh, slamwrestling.net. That's important. Uh, they say uh, slamwrestling.net. Uh, I'm one of the senior editors there, uh, and I do weekly recaps of Impact and just other miscellaneous stories uh, we have a great team though behind us uh, greg oliver john powell the two founding uh, members or managers are still there of course and greg is the captain of that ship uh, editorially uh, in terms of you know breaking news and such uh, i have a twitter account which i very rarely use but it's uh, read bob's tweets and i guess i'm on the facebook so you can hit me up on the facebook i'm i'm there bob kapoor k-a-p-u-r and Bob is very active on Tuesday nights as we watch NXT. That may change in 2023. Uh, I'm going to still watch. I mean, I'm, I'm still a fan. of. I watch every product. Uh, mostly, if you read my Facebook, I'm critical of every product. I'm one of those internet nitpickers. So I, even even the loss of, of Mandy is not enough gonna, to take me away. Well, Bob, thank you for coming on to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy 2023. Thanks very much for having me, and likewise to you and yours. Do another thank you to Bob Rapport from SlimWrestling.net. The only place you could go on the internet in Canada to find the best wrestling news. David, our special guests are not done yet because we're blowing the budget here on this pre-Christmas episode. Because guess who just walked in the door here? It's Joe Ananato from Sunny Night Main Event. I'm just show up. I'm letting you get on with it. <laughs> Joe is known for his podcast. Monday morning cook. Yeah. And also better known for his AEW show with Dan Rabasi, which is known better as the O Fucks. 
<laughs> Joe, Merry Christmas. How you doing? Merry Christmas, dudes. I'm I'm good. Actually, how are you guys doing? Dave, how you doing? Let's start with you, man. Well, um, I'm doing all right, uh, Joe. Uh, I'm all the better for seeing your absolutely gorgeous features all this way across the pond. You do sterling work in the podcast of the media world. And you also um, look at boats in Toronto Bay, as I've gone on about many, many times. And it's great <laughs> to see you and be on no, it's, um, it's good a to podcast see with you again. It's good to see you guys. It's It's been a while since we've talked. So uh, thank you for having me on. And man, you, you got me following Bob Kapoor. That's some big shoes to fill. <laughs> well, Joe, you are main event Joe after all. <laughs> so why I want to bring you on, Joe, is we're looking ahead to 2023. And my very first question for us, will we see Miro back in AEW? Where has the reclaimer gone? Can we reclaim Miro, please? You know, I mean, based on... You know, obviously, grain of salt and rumors and innuendos and all that stuff. But based on what I've seen regarding Miro, like this is a dude that, I mean, he's doing well outside of wrestling. So he doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't need to be wrestling, you know, with his outside interests. Now that said, I think we will see Miro, but I think he's also being very choosy or, or picky about what he wants to be involved with. So I, I, I think we'll see him, but it, I. I'll, for lack of a better way to describe it, I think it has to be worth his while. Um, and, you know, from what I've read, and again, rumors, grain of salt, all that stuff, uh, you know, some of the things that have been pitched to him in the, you know, you know in the, the, the near past haven't been what he wants to be involved with. But it, Miro's too talented a guy to not have on your TV. You, you got to have that guy on sooner or later. He's, he's a guy that could help your, help your division, help your promotion. I mean, you know, Samoa Joe versus Miro. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wardlow versus Miro. Miro versus, you know, uh, like you put him in a program with MJF. Like this is a guy that you can put pretty much anywhere. So to not have him on would be stupid. I, I do think we have him on, you know, I, I would hope sooner rather than later in 2023. I got to respect Miro because he's knows his worth. So he's not going to do anything that's going to kind of cheapen his value. And like I've seen on his Instagram and his Twitter, he's living his best best life right now so i'm hoping like you said that we'll see him come into 2023 and if we don't get a Samoa joe versus miro match while they're both in the same promotion it's gonna be criminal i 100 percent agree i think you could say that about miro versus a bunch of people um again that's a guy that's too talented to be sitting on the bench well i think aw dropped the ball with him from day one the pairing as much as i like kip sabian um and I've gone on about this on the show. He's, he's not, he, you know, he comes not far from me. And he was a top British guy. Um, the pairing on his arrival was very, very strange. The video games thing was very, very strange. Then it looked like they were getting it right with him. And he was being presented as he should be, as a monster, as a monster, be it face or heel. They could do either. Um, and obviously... I think there was some disillusionment there. There was some disenchantment. Then injury, um, he could bring Lana in and, and be totally rehabbed. But I think AEW are on last chance saloon with him. I tell you what, he'd be a monster in New Japan. Ooh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would too. I mean, like, okay, so you could have Jeff Cobb versus Miro. You could have Okada versus Miro. There's a lot of people in New Japan I get to think of it like, Hey, this would be a fun match. 
Yeah, like again, Miro's one of those guys that could help anywhere. I mean, heck, if he even went back to WWE, I, I think that would be. Again, I'm not saying he will. I'm just like I, I think with the new regime there, I think he would be used, you know, uh, a bit more to his potential than he's being used now. <laughs> um, Joe, next question for us: Final Rosa back to AEW or shot fair to the WWE? Who do we see first in 2023? I I, I think we see. Um, Charlotte Flair first, mainly because the Royal Rumble's coming up. Uh, she's been off for a while now. Uh, I don't think she's injured, so the Royal Rumble would be a good place for uh, for Charlotte to come back. And of course, you know you've also got the start to WrestleMania season, and I can't see Charlotte missing a WrestleMania. Exactly, Joe. I don't see Charlotte Flair missing a WrestleMania because it's a lucrative season, and it's all about star player. They're heading to LA. They're going to be all hands on deck. Yep. Uh, now, Fronta Rosa, I'm hoping the bridge isn't burned between her and AEW. I don't think it is. So I'm hoping she comes back in 2023 because I'd really like to see her versus Soraya and her versus Jamie Hager and have her run after that title with Hager having the title. I, I mean, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know a ton about what's going on with the Thunder Rosa stuff, and I, I try to stay out of the rumor mill, but, I mean, she's definitely injured. And last reports I've read from The Observer was that she may not be back till February anyways. But sort of to your point, let's say there there is some friction there, right? Um, I, I think one of the things now that, that AEW needs to do or Tony Khan needs to be able to do is you got to be able to separate the personal stuff from the business. And, you know, you mentioned a couple matches there, Dave, with like Soraya. And, uh, you know, the Tony Storm, uh, Sheeta, like the, there's a bunch of matches, i.e. business that AEW could do with Thunder Rosa. And, you know, is Tony Khan or are AEW mature enough to sort of get around those personal issues if there are personal issues to begin with? Right. I mean, you're always going to have personal issues in, in pro wrestling. It's it's an ego driven sport. So. I, I personally would like to think that Thunder Rosa is going to come back and that they will do business because they can do good business with her. Exactly, Joe. It leads me into my next question. What do you see for the women's division in AEW in 2023? We've seen Soraya come into the company. They have <laughs> Jimmy Hayer now as the champion. Average Jimmy Hayer basically got over organically. What's the future for AEW women's division? Because it kind of has been that one weak point of the of the company. It's a part of the company I want to see grow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get us on a soapbox here. Um, I have been a big fan of that women's division. And over the last three years, they've really grown. I mean, you've got a superstar in Britt Baker. You've got now a superstar with Soraya. You've got some solid women like Tony Storm, um, like Hikaru Shida, like Nyla Rose. Uh, you know, you've got a division that's got kind of your upper echelon, your mid card and your lower card. Uh, you know, like I'm not the biggest fan of these two, but Ty Conti and Anna Jay, they draw like they're very popular. Um, so I I would like to see them get past their segment, you know, match match and a half type of deal in AEW, because I think you know, they've quietly built up a pretty good women's division. Like, you know, is it WWE? No, I'm not going to put it up there yet, but they've got some, they've got some guns now. They've got some bullets that I, I think they could do some real damage if they allow 
the women more time, whether it's on, you know, Dynamite, whether it's on Rampage. I know they've got limited TV time, but man, they've got some talent there. Um, you know, and then, you know, you've still got in the wings, you've still got Chris Statlander, you've got Layla Hirsch, um, Serena Deeb, where the hell has she been for the last little while? She's awesome. You know, um, Athena, there, there's another person who, you know, I think could help your women's division out. So they've got the talent. Um, and it's really, it just comes down to, will they get the TV time? And that's, you know, that's really up to Tony Khan. But I guess my issue with that is that, you know, when AEW first started, he was like, you know, our women's division is going to be a, a focal point of the show. And it really hasn't been. And I, I'd really like to see it become a bit more of a, a focus in 2023. I agree with you, Joe, because he made that promise like, hey, we're going to focus on the women's division. And we're three years in, we're still waiting for more women presentation on AEW. And hopefully 2023 is the year where it becomes more. Because I feel like they have earned it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, you know, if you think about it too, like, uh, you, you remember the the Britt Baker um, Thunder Rosa match from Grand Slam, I think it was like a year or two ago, where where they had that, you know, that, that sort of, uh, that uh, sort of, the what do you call it? Like the, um, uh, the like it was match. like a... Yeah, the lights. Thank you. The lights out match. I mean, that was my match of the year. One of my match of the year candidates for that year. Um, Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm had a, a kick-ass match at the last pay-per-view for the for the title. So, you know, again, they've got the talent. They just need the time and they need the the exposure. And I think, you know, if Tony Khan would like, and again, I'm not saying they have to have an all women show. Um, but why not highlight, you know, hey, this dynamite, we're, you know, is going to be half and half. We're going to get the women's division in. We're going to build some stories around them because that's the other problem that they they have is that you've got your one main feud but you can with the talent they have you can have a couple of mid-card type feuds right and you know like again I, I haven't even mentioned like jade cargill who i'm not the biggest fan of but she is definitely got a charisma around her and again someone that you can 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 showcase you know what i mean so Again, not to belabor the point, but I would like to think that they are going to put a bit more of a focus on that division. Um, I think it's time. I think they're at a um, like a good point in their development that they can put some of these women on television and it will do well. Joe, would you want to add Mandy Rose to this equation? Because she's possibly a, well, she is a free agent now. And maybe 30 days or 90 days from now, she'll be totally a free agent. Would AEW be a landing spot for her? Mandy Rose? Sure, why not? Um, you know what? At this point, like, I, I know that one of the complaints is that, um, you know, they signed too many stars, but I think you would be, you would have to look at Mandy Rose, like, especially the work that she did in NXT. I mean, you know, she held that title for, what was it, like 400 days? You know, she made, uh, you know, Toxic Attraction, uh, you know, uh, a thing, you know, she put over uh, Roxanne on the last pay-per-view, like she's doing some, some of the best work that she's, she's done in a while, or at least we're seeing it finally. Um, and again, another, that, that's another potential great addition to AEW. Joe, I want to see Britt Baker versus Manny Rose because the crowd wants to cheer Britt Baker and you need a hill for Britt to work with. Manny Rose is the perfect person for this job. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I here's the thing. I think that Britt has built herself up so well with the AEW, um, like the sort of that core fan base, that even if Britt acts like a heel, and we're already seeing it now, anyways. But if Britt acts like a heel and someone comes in, I think the default is that they're going to cheer for Britt uh, because she's again she's homegrown. 
She's very good. She's very entertaining. Uh, you know, and she's, you know, quote unquote, she's one of us, right? So I, I would love to see that happen. Uh, I mean, you kind of sort of saw it with Soraya when Soraya came in, like she was supposed to be the big baby face. And to be honest with you, like I was like, hmm, I think Brit's going <laughs> to Brit's going to be the face in that feud. Um, thankfully, both of them got cheers and, and that was good. But but again, Brit's a homegrown talent. Uh, I think you put anyone up against Brit from the outside, so to speak. Uh, and she's going to be the default babyface in that feud, at least to the AEW crowd anyways. Okay, Joe, let's go over to WWE for a second. Roman Reigns has been on this monster run. Is 2023 the year we see the downfall of the bloodline? I think so. I mean, like, uh, the bloodline does have... I, I, I think they, I do, they do have some left in the tank, but I think the other side of that coin is that, you know, you you, you probably need to start shaking that up um now i'll admit i'm a little biased because i'm i've never really been the biggest fan of the usos for example in fact the, the to me <laughs> the most entertaining thing about the bloodline is is really uh sammy zane um so i i do think though that you know if you're going to pull the trigger on you know breaking up the bloodline or at least you know uh having them lose the titles i think this is the year to do it uh they've been on top for a while you know you've got some good talent in Cody Rhodes you've got Kevin Owens resurgence you've got you know Seth Rollins is always there Bobby Lashley like there's Drew Drew McIntyre is always around there's a lot of guys out there that I think you know could could carry that ball um so uh, you know when it happens though I'm going to say around Wrestlemania that just makes the most sense um you know depending on what uh what uh what the booking looks like but yeah I think eventually we're going to see you know the downfall I don't even want to say the downfall, but I see the. I think I think they're going to move beyond this bloodline storyline uh, and and move into something else. I'm with you, Joe, because I feel like the bloodline is so good, but the crowd eventually is going to turn on them. and going like, we've seen this so many times. It'll have that John Cena effect. It's like when John Cena first became a heel, everybody's like, "Ooh, cool! John Cena's a heel," and people started cheering for him because they saw how talented he was. Three, four years later, same group of people started booing the heck out of John Cena because they didn't want to see him anymore. And I don't want to see that about the bloodline. See, I, here's what I think, too. Like, you know, Vince was of the mind of, like, you know, we'll, we'll dictate, you know, what we want. And I think Triple H is a bit more... Uh, he, he listens a bit more to the fans. Now, again, I'm not saying that they have to do everything that the fans do. I'm not at all suggesting that. But I think, you know, it'll be a little different where... I, I, the WWE won't try to force something down your throat. And I, I think with the bloodline, they're getting to that point where it's like, at least in my opinion, that you know now it's being forced down your throat. And once we get to that point, I think that's where the fans turn on it. And I would, I, I hope that you know Triple H or the creative team, um, you know, kind of see that they feel that and they move, they they swerve in a different direction before you know they hit that point of you know no return, so to speak. Exactly, Joe. I do feel like 2023 is the right time for Roman Reigns to get rid of the title because I feel like he's gotten bigger than the WWE title. He really doesn't need it. Well, it's not just that, though, but you also want to see it defended on a bit more of a regular basis. I mean, like, Roman Reigns is good, don't get me wrong, but, like, again, he, he doesn't wrestle a ton. And now, again, I'm not saying he has to defend it every week on TV and stuff, but I think, you know, you, you do want your titles out there to help, you know, sort of like you want your titles out there. 
and you, you want to see it defended a little bit more than, you know, whatever it is, six times a year, right? So uh, I would I would hope that, you know, they, they do pull the trigger this year. Okay, Joe, one final question to wrap up this um, studying six experience for you. How, where has Sheeta gone? What do you see for Sheeta in 2023? Because she was the foundation of AEW's women's division. I know you love some Sheeta, so I'll let you have you four. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I, I don't think, I think they're going to come back to Sheeta maybe a little later, but I think right now, you have to focus on the Soraya's. You have to focus on the Tony Storms, uh, the uh, like you know the Athenas, the the Jade Cargills. You got to get them up to that level as well. Um, like, okay, so Britt Baker, let's use her as an example, okay. Britt Baker is the star of that division. She doesn't need the belt, right? But, and and I'm not going to say she is at that level, but she's kind of like one beneath that level as one of the foundations of AEW. So she's always going to have some credibility with that fan base. Um, and I think what they'll what they'll do is they'll probably use Sheeta to help build some of that talent or, or get some of that talent into that, you know, in, uh, up to that level. Um, but I think eventually Sheeta will, at least I hope that Sheeta will get another run with that belt because she was awesome as the champ. I loved her. But again, I'm very biased towards her. Well, you know, Sheeta reminds me, I'm going to use this as a sample here. I feel like she's kind of like Mr. Perfect now. She doesn't need a title because she's so good in the ring and people just respect her work in the ring. You can literally put her in there with anybody and she can pull out a good match. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Okay, Joe. Well, I want to thank you on behalf of me, David, and Jake. Ladies and gentlemen, go over to Sunny Night Main Event Patreon page. For $5 a month, you get access to all their amazing shows, and you'll be able to listen to Joe at least twice a week, sometimes more, because he's the hardest working man in podcast entertainment. Joe, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> Joe, on behalf of us here at Radio Free Professional Wrestling, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy 2023. Stay stunning. Thanks, man, and Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Before we go this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, on behalf of David Smart Mart and Jake from the Windy City, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Have a safe travel to where you're going. And please join us Christmas Day after you open your presents and have your Christmas meal because we are giving you the gift of the 2022 Western Awards, the best in the worst in the year of 2022. As always, follow us on Radio Free PW on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Until we see you on Christmas Day, have a stunning rest of your week. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.